This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Today, week eight in the NFL, a week that is going to be highlighted by a lot of interesting quarterback play. Some good, a lot bad with with some of these teams and where they're at in the future um, with their quarterback play. We're going to speak a little college football today. I want to speak a little about Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. We're also going to discuss uh, week nine NFL games. We went two and two with our picks. Eight straight weeks now. We have not had a losing week on the Sergio Rodriguez show. That's a record unlike any other. Believe that. Before we get started, let's pay some bills. Triangle Inc. Triangle Inc. is the leading manufacturer in the screen printing industry, delivering the finest inks for over 35 years. Check them out at triangleinc.com or call them at 1-800-524-1592. Vergona Cranes, located at 180 West Forest Avenue in Englewood, New Jersey, Vergona Cranes operates 24 hours a day, providing crane rentals, trucking services, and warehousing for storage. Vergona Crane services the New York and New Jersey area. Call them at 201-945-7209 or on their website, vergonacrane.com. Paramus Driving School. Safety and professionalism begins with Paramus Driving School, serving the North Jersey area like no other. Contact them at paramusdrivingschool.com or call them at 201-986-8300. The Falcons and the Panthers played the Thursday night game. And, you know, it was a boring game. I, I, can, I can't even, I have, I'm going to have to muster up some energy to even speak about this game. The Falcons finally held on to win one. You know, they've won two in a row now, but they finally held on in a game where they had a a, a, a convincing con- convincing control of the game. I mean, they've been blowing games left and right this whole year. Julio Jones made an appearance seven for a buck 37. And Matt Ryan, you know, Matt Ryan quietly has been putting up good numbers this year. He leads the league in passing yards and he's thrown 12 touchdown passes, only has four interceptions. Most quarterbacks, have put up those Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott stats where they let your team fall behind and then they come back and do them. But ironically, Ryan's actually been the opposite. He's actually put his team in a lot of positions to win early. The defense has not held on, or in the Cowboys' case, the special teams has not done the job. Uh, But he's playing better than you would think for a team that's 2-6. and The Panthers had a chance to get to 4-4. and And they struggled all night. They just could not get any consistent rhythm on offense. Teddy Bridgewater got knocked out of the game, came back. He had 176 yards passing. He had a touchdown. He had an interception. Um, You know, they did run the ball well, which I thought the week before they were showing signs that they were missing McCaffrey, but they ran the ball well. They ran for 147 yards, but they just couldn't get Atlanta 
off the field. They only had the ball, Carolina did, for 23 minutes. And when you when you only have the ball for 23 minutes, you know, you're only going to score 17 points. If they would have had it for 30 minutes, they might have scored 25, 27, 28 points. They win this game easily. Atlanta had four field goals and outscored Carolina 19-3 to in the second half. Um, not the second half, but after trailing 14-6. to And they took control of the game and they never looked back. Both teams are playing the draft game right now. Carolina gets, uh, gets McCaffrey back next week. So we'll see, we'll see how that, uh, how that goes. The Bengals in, look, I, I speak every week about how the Eagles is a team that I love watching because they play hard and they, they, they figure it out. The Bengals are becoming that team. Joe Burrow right now is must-see TV. You know, he continues to validate why he was the number one pick. 249 yards passing, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Third in the league right now in passing yards and number one in completions. And we're going to speak about Joe Burrow a little more when we speak about the Dolphins game and, 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 and that debut from their young quarterback, Tua. Cincinnati led 24-7 going into the fourth, and, and, and they put the game away. They put the game away after Tennessee cut it to 10. Um, well, they put the game away going into the fourth quarter, I should say. Uh, Tennessee got a late touchdown in that third quarter by A.J. Brown to cut it to 10, but then Cincinnati... They 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 did their thing. You know, Joe Burrow, man, he's just making plays left and right. Does not look like a rookie at all. Henry for Tennessee, 18 for a buck 12 and one touchdown. Corey Davis, uh, eight for 128 and a touchdown through the air. The Bengals have a bye now. Then they have Pitt at Washington, the Giants. At Miami, Dallas, and the Texans. A bunch of winnable games on that schedule, especially the way that their passing game is playing. Tennessee's 5-2, but we should have seen this loss coming, and let me tell you why. Tennessee struggled to beat Denver opening night. I think it was 16-14 that game. They then struggled to beat the Jags. And Minnesota. They beat Buffalo handily. We get that. But then they struggled with Houston in a game that went to overtime that for all intents and purposes, they probably should have lost. So we probably should have seen that that Tennessee, that Tennessee loss to Cincinnati coming. The Eagles 23-9 over the Cowboys. And Look, when you're playing a backup quarterback like the Cowboys are or a third-string quarterback like the Cowboys are in Ben DiNucci, you just know that you're not going to muster up much offense. But let's, let, let's look at this game for a second. Carson Wentz right now is really, 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 really working hard to get the Eagles fans to dislike him. I mean, Carson Wentz turned the ball over four times in this game. And, and here's the thing about Wentz that gets me. And again, let me preface this by saying 
that I've always been a Wentz supporter. But Carson right now is just making bad decisions. Look, I could live with the Eagles losing games. And in fact, I think they're 7-4-1 in their last 12 games. So it's not like, you know, they're losing games because of Wentz. What they're not doing is separating themselves because of Carson Wentz. He continues to make bad decisions. He let the He's the reason why the Cowboys hung around. I really believe if Dalton played the other night, the Cowboys win that game. Because Wentz put them in a situation with the two fumbles and the two interceptions where the Cowboys basically, you know, were in position to, to, to strike and do something, but they just cannot muster up enough offense on the other side of the 50 against the Eagles. Zeke with another game under 100. He had 63 yards. Pollard went for 40. The Cowboys got more yards um, and controlled the time of possession in this game, believe it or not. But they just could not do anything on the other side of the 50. It seemed like they were moving the ball but got to a certain point and just could not throw the ball enough and get creative enough to get people open or actually really get Danucci to get the people, uh, the receivers, the ball. The Eagles are at the Giants in two weeks. Dallas has Pittsburgh at home in what is shaping up to be a beatdown. I'm interested to see what the line in that game is because, uh, I mean, it's got to be double digits with the Steelers being undefeated going to play Dallas. The Raiders, 16-6 to over Cleveland at Cleveland. And what I would call a gambler special. If you are a gambler and you pay attention, this was easy money. Windy conditions equals no points. And that's exactly what we got. Windy conditions and no points. 22 points combined. Neither quarterback threw for over 125. It was going to be hard to throw. You knew that when you get those conditions. Uh, the, games came, the game really came down to the Raiders stopping the run and actually running the ball themselves. They ran the ball for over 200. Jacobs, 31 carries, the workhorse that he should be because he hasn't been really doing that kind of work, but he had 31 carries for a buck 28, and that helped the Raiders keep the ball for damn near 40 minutes of the game. The Raiders are 4-3. and three. They're at the Chargers, Denver, Kansas City, and at Atlanta. Cleveland's 5-3. and three. They get the Texans off a bye, which could be an interesting game. Could be a little interesting game. Uh, then they have Philadelphia at Jacksonville before they play Tennessee. Colts 41-21 over Detroit. I have to give Rivers credit, and 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 I really look. Philip Rivers, to me, has been a Hall of Famer in this league. Philip Rivers is a guy that if he's under center for you, and he, you're going to be fine, and you would have been fine for ninety nine percent of his career as an organization. But a couple of weeks ago. I said that he was in danger of losing his job, and I really felt that way. I felt that he was turning the ball over a little too much, and he really was not utilizing and putting that defense, which is very good, in some better spots. Since then, since then, 
633 yards passing, six touchdowns, one interception. On Sunday, 23 for 33, 262 and three touchdowns. The Colts got a nice game from Jordan Wilkins. Wilkins, who it really got most of the carries because the kid Taylor, the rookie from Wisconsin, has been a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, a little bit of a disappointment. And if you're a fantasy player, you know what I mean. He was a high draft pick in a lot of leagues. Everybody thought he was going to come in, get a bulk of the carries, but he just has not. He just has not caused any separation. And, and, and gotten into a rhythm running the ball. Rivers used 11 receivers, and Stafford was solid also. I mean, he had 336 passing, three touchdowns, and one interception. But I will say this. The one interception <laughs> came at 28-14. It was a pick six, and that essentially ended the game. The Colts are now 5-2 and two and have the Ravens. And, and I'll tell you what. I'm interested to see that line also. The Ravens, this is similar to that Chargers-Denver game from last week where I told you if the line was three or less, Denver would win the game, and they did. That was one of the two games that that we did win in the Sergio Rodriguez picks. We went two and two, like I said earlier, but that was one of the games. If this line is four or five, rest assured the Ravens win without a problem. If this line is two or three, Vegas is betting you to bet the Ravens, and the Colts will beat them. Then they're at Tennessee on a short week on a Thursday, Green Bay, and then Tennessee again. Detroit 3-4. and four. If they want to save Matt Patricia's job, here it is. You're at Minnesota, home to Washington, at Carolina, and at the Texans. Win 3-4 or, or get ready to hire a new coach in Detroit. Minnesota 28-22 over Green Bay, and it was the Dalvin Cook show, my friends. Dalvin Cook, 30 for a buck, 63 on the ground, three touchdowns. He caught two passes for 63 yards and a touchdown, essentially the back-breaking touchdown off a screen pass at 21-14. He had 226 all Saquon yards. Rodgers, not sharp. He missed some throws that could have made a difference in the game. There was like about three or four throws, particularly one that comes to mind down a scene to the tight end that just would have made a huge difference in that game. He was 27 for 41, 291 and three touchdowns. But if you want to call that an average game, it was for him. He was not sharp, and I'm sure he would tell you himself. Green Bay played again without Jones. Devontae Adams put on a show for fantasy owners. Three more touchdowns. He's very, you know, that's the one thing that could become a problem with Green Bay. They're very Devontae Adams uh, dependent in the passing game. Cousins threw the ball 14 times for 160. Uh, and that's the formula. We said in one of the earlier shows that you had to keep them to 22 or 23 throws while they kept them to 14 because Green Bay could just not get them off the field. And they just ran the ball with Dalvin Cook. Minnesota now has an opportunity, if you really think about it, if they can beat the Bears in two weeks, they have an opportunity to be 7-5. and five. Now, go ahead. I know what you're thinking. 
Sergio's crazy, but 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 look at look at how it's shaping up. If they can beat the Bears in two weeks, they have Detroit this week at home. They're at Chicago. That's always tough in these divisional games. You know how it is. But then they have Dallas at home, Carolina at home, Jacksonville at home, Green Bay on a short week. Now goes to the 49ers. But Minnesota can do some damage there. Like I said, Green Bay on a short week to the 49ers. That could be a little bit of a problem for them. Uh because road teams tend to struggle, you know, but I know Garoppolo's out now. We'll see. The 49ers are in a tricky spot because they're so banged up. You just don't know what uh, what to expect. The Chiefs 35-9 over the Jets. Pat Mahomes, five touchdowns, 416 yards passing. Uh, but this game was 14-9, damn near with under a minute under a minute left before halftime when when Kansas City scored. The Jets moved the ball. The Jets moved the ball in the first half, and the time of possession was close for the game. The problem was they could only muster up field goals. They were driving, and they would drive, and they would drive, but they could only muster up field goals, and you're just not going to compete with Kansas City kicking field goals. Now, you knew they were not going to win, and we get that, but you can't kick field goals to at least Compete and they were a 20 point dog going into the game. And obviously, Kansas City covered that. Kansas City only rushed for 50 yards this game, but it seemed like they also went away from it. Uh, Edwards Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell only had six carries apiece. Kansas City has Carolina at home, uh, and the Jets host the Patriots next week in what could turn out to be one of the few opportunities the Jets have. To get a W. The Dolphins 28-17 over the Rams. Now look. Let's let's talk about this like this. And this is. This is something that I want to get into. I want to give this game a little bit more attention. Than it probably deserves. In terms of the full slate here. The national media. Spent all of Sunday selling the game. As Tua is 1-0. Like if he was the reason that the Dolphins moved to 4-3. and three. He was 12 for 22, 93 yards passing, one touchdown, and one turnover. He had a fumble. Did the score, did the score warrant you throwing the ball all over the field? The answer is no. The answer is no. But. If you watch that game, let's say the first half, where the game was essentially 7-7 for most of it, the only reason the Dolphins really scored was because they got a short field. Uh, uh, at 7-0, they got a short field to tie the game. The Rams turned the ball over four times, or Goff did, right? He had two fumbles, two interceptions. But the Dolphins couldn't move the ball the whole day. I mean, the whole day, when you watch Joe Burrow or Herbert play game one, you knew there was something. The body language, the control, I think it took Herbert a half. Joe Burrow was good from day one. 
from the first snap. Tua, to me, is a guy who, first of all, comes in with the reputation of being made out of porcelain. Right? He's fragile. But when I watched him, he didn't sell me on, okay, I am a number one round, a first round draft pick, and I am the future difference maker at quarterback for the Dolphins. He might ultimately be a very good Jimmy Garoppolo game manager type quarterback. And that's fine. I guess if you're the Dolphins, if that's what you want. But when you draft a guy number one in a league, in a league where routinely quarterbacks are passing for 300 yards and throwing for three touchdowns, you come in and you go 12 for 23 with night, 12 for 22 for 93 yards. Your team had 148 yards of total offense. The Dolphins were outgained 486 to 148. Let me say that again. 486 to 148, they were outgained. The Rams controlled the time of possession 36-24. Miami's defense and special teams won the game. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, they forced Goff into four turnovers. Miami only rushed for 55 yards. Look. I know Miami fans are happy. They're excited. They've been waiting for a quarterback since Dan Marino. I get that. I, I understand their excitement. I Listen, I want Tua to be good for my man Dan DeMarco, a big, big Dolphin fan. But Dan, Miguel, my cousin, Tino, one of my good friends, Mike Luzzi, another one of my good friends. All these guys are Dolphin fans, friends of mine. Get ready for a professional game manager because I don't see it. I just do not see it. I see more Jimmy Garoppolo than I see Dan Marino. Tua now has an opportunity, though, to show a little something now because he's got a little bit of an easy schedule coming up. He's got the cards, Chargers, Denver, Jets, Cincinnati. The combined record of those teams, 12 and 24. 12, 24, and 1 if you throw in that tie for Cincinnati. No excuses now. If you're really that elite type of guy, go out there. Forget about wins and losses. Because realistically, the wins and losses for a young quarterback a lot of times get skewed based on the team that you're on. I'm not going to expect him to carry the team. But go out there. Throw for 280, throw four touchdowns, throw two interceptions. I'm okay with that. Have a two-to-one ratio. But look at a guy like Herbert, 15-5 and five on the year, touchdown to turnover. That's what I got to see. I got to see. Cause some separation. The Rams are 5-3, and three and they're at a crossroad right now. They play Seattle at Tampa Bay, the 49ers, and the Cardinals. Pittsburgh, 28-24 over the Ravens. And I've been saying this now for years about Lamar Jackson. But let me speak about Pitt first before I go into my Lamar Jackson criticism. Let's start here. Pittsburgh moves to 7-0. They're lined up right now to be the number one seed. At worst, they're lined up to be the two seed. They do have to run the ball better. I will say that. 
I think this is the second consecutive game where they're under 100 yards. That could be an issue as the weather gets colder. If you look at the defense, they had a pick six and they forced three fumbles. They got two of those. Forced three, recovered two. But Pittsburgh's going to have to do a little bit better running the ball and having a little bit more balance because essentially they are a cold-weather team. And I understand that in this league, passing wins, particularly now, but you got to be able to run the ball in certain spots in games. And they gave the ball back to the Ravens because they couldn't get a first down on a short yardage play running the ball. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson. Look, I call this guy a good football player. But I don't care what anybody tells me. You could give him 12 MVPs. The guy is not a good quarterback. And the book is out. Stop him from running. Force him to throw the ball outside the hashes. And he is what he is. An average thrower at best. He's another media darling, so nobody kills him. He's got 1,343 passing yards this year. That's 190 per game. He's got a 60% completion completion rating in a league where everybody completes 67% of their passes. Not to mention that everybody throws for 300 and he's averaging under 200. If you eliminate the Cleveland game on opening day, Cleveland, who's allowed the fourth most passing yards in the league, and Houston, who's the third worst defense in the entire league at 417 a game, he's completing 54% of his passes. That is basically 1986 good. 1986 good. They traveled to the Colts. We spoke about that. Let's just hope for their sake that line is more than three. Denver 31-30 over the Chargers. The Chargers, again, invent another way to lose. At 24-3, my nephew Steven texts me about what a bum Drew Locke is. And he sent that same text again at the end of the third quarter. Well, when the game was over, we're both going back and forth, back on the Drew Locke bandwagon, calling him a future MVP. 26 for 41, three touchdowns, an interception, all three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Is Drew Locke Herbert? Is Drew Locke Burroughs? No, he's not Burrow. He's not Herbert right now. He's not those guys. But he's better than... I think he's going to be better than Tua. I think he's going to be better than Danny Pennies. I don't even know if Danny Pennies is going to be quarterbacking in the league in another two years because, you know, he hands over the ball to the other team like Oprah gives away stuff on her shows. Um, But, you know, Drew Locke figured it out. Figured it out through a touchdown basically at the end of regulation to 
to, to get the win, 31-30. Herbert, 29 for 43, three touchdowns, two interceptions. One of those interceptions did come in the red zone. And look, that contributed to them not icing that game because they were going in. Herbert, like I mentioned before, 15-5 and five this season in six games and four games in a row of three or more touchdowns. The Chargers ran for 210 and threw for 278. Williams, five for 99 and a touch. Sucks for fantasy owners, right? One yard away from that three-point bonus. Allen, nine for 67, one touchdown. Lindsey, you know, finally showed up. Six for 83, although he did have 55 of those on one run. Denver is at Atlanta. LA is at the Raiders. Saints, 26-23 over the Bears. When is someone going to ask Matt Nagy what he sees in Foles or what he's getting from Foles that he was not getting from Mitch Trubisky? I want to know that. The issue with the Bears is that they can't even play ball control with that defense because they can't run the ball. They cannot even run the ball for 100 yards. They don't do anything well. They don't pass the ball well. Because Foles, again, he's hot and cold, more cold than hot. They don't run the ball. They're going to waste this defense, which is sad, is sad. Breeze, 31 for 41, two touchdowns, used 10 receivers. Kamara did not score, but he had 163 all Saquon yards. Chicago, 5-3, and three, goes to Tennessee, home to Minnesota, and at Green Bay. That's a tough Tough stretch for a team that can't muster up any offense. The Saints are 5-2. They're at Tampa, the 49ers, Atlanta, and at Denver. Seattle, 37-27 over the 49ers. And look, let's start here. Jimmy G holds this team back. There's no way you can watch the 49ers play and believe that this guy's a $100 million quarterback. Now look. I know a lot of quarterbacks make a lot of money in football these days. But there's a difference between a quarterback making a lot of money one season or two seasons and a quarterback having a $100 million deal where almost you're handcuffed by him. Somebody sent me a stat the other day that the 49ers are 5-22 and without Jimmy G and 24-7 and with him. But to me, that's a stupid stat because... Teams struggle to find one good quarterback. So you're not going to have a backup quarterback that's going to win you any games anyway. You could say that every team with their backup quarterback is way under 500. I think what that stat says more is that he never plays. That's 27 games that they've played without him. Wilson, 261, four touchdowns. And DK Metcalf, monster game, 12 for 161 and two touchdowns. Jimmy G's hurt again now. He's out for about five or six weeks, so that's that. San Francisco uh, is beat up, especially at running back. They got uh, Coleman back, and he got hurt right away again. Nick Mullen will drive the car now moving forward. Like I said, Jimmy G's hurt. He was 18 for 25 and relieved 238 and two touchdowns. They'll probably throw the ball more downfield with Nick Mullen. San Francisco has Green Bay on Thursday on a short week, and Seattle goes to Buffalo. The Monday night game, Tampa Bay 25-23 over the Giants. I give the Giants credit, man. Look, they played well. As well as they can play, they played. They really played well, especially defensively. They did a good job. But a couple of bullet points about this game. One, Daniel Jones 
congratulations to him. He finally went over 200 yards passing. But congratulations to him. He only had the two turnovers through interception. There were no fumbles this game. Okay? But they did throw up a stat on TV that he's got the most turnovers in a short period of time since Ryan Leaf. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure Giant fans love seeing that. Brady, 279, two touchdowns. Uh, like I said, the Giants' defense did a good job. They held Tampa to 81 rushing yards. Jones, uh, Jones is right now a problem for the Giants. He's a turnover machine. The Giants have kept a lot of these games close. But bad teams figure out a way to lose. And we get that. But the problem is, Jones is not the reason why they're staying close. Ironically, he's the reason why they're not winning two or three of these games. The Giants are at Washington, Philly, and then at Cincinnati. Three winnable games. Three winnable games. The interesting thing for the Giants is, what are they going to do if they end up in a position to draft an elite-level quarterback. You're not going to get the kid from Clemson. We get that. The Jets <laughs> have that one locked up. But there's going to be two or three other kids available. Do you go out and press reset and go get yourself a quarterback that's going to come in here before Daniel Jones totally implodes this offense for another year? Green Bay opened the door for Tampa to get the one seed, uh, but they have to go 3-0 moving forward. Tampa here does. They're at Carolina. They're, uh, no, no. They have the Saints at Carolina and the Rams before they play Kansas City. They have to, have to, have to go 3-0. You can't lose one of those games and expect to get the one seed when you still have Kansas City on your schedule. Lucimer Auto Body, located at 27 Austin Street in Newark, provides top-of-the-line service to make your collision experience as smooth as possible. Go to lucimer.com or call them at 973-824-0113 and tell them that Sergio Rodriguez sent you. J.J. Farber Lotman, providers of wholesale insurance at competitive rates for small and medium businesses. Go to JJFL.com or get an instant quote by calling 844-502-8923. M&J Luxury Inc. For the most unique experience in the medical transportation business, call M&J. Located in New York City with over a thousand cars at your disposal, call them at 718-278-2222 or 914-484-7264. Over the weekend, Michigan State, who had the week before lost at home to that great juggernaut called Rutgers, Michigan hosted Michigan State. They were a 20-point favorite. A game that you can't make any excuses about. 
this Jim Harbaugh tenure at Michigan has been embarrassing, underachieving, terrible, useless, a waste of time. Understand that he's 0-5 against Ohio State, 0-6 this year, because you know they're going to lose this year. But he's 0-5 right now against Ohio State. He's 3-3 against Michigan State. What's incredible about that? They're 1-6 at home in those games. This is year six now. No excuses. These are your players, Jim Harbaugh. Michigan fans, you guys that love to make these excuses for Jim Harbaugh, these are his players. Year six, you still have a problem with the quarterback. Year six, you still show up and play whenever you want to. Up and down. I had a friend of mine tell me, who's a big Michigan fan, Mikey, tell me that, oh, the defensive coordinator, this, that. Listen, stop. Stop with the excuses. It's Jim Harbaugh. You're the fourth highest paid coach in college football. You get treated like Nick Saban, and Michigan fans have gotten nothing from you. Now, you know what you're going to get with Jim Harbaugh? Nine and three. Ranked 15th in the country. A lot of schools would kill for that. But if you're Michigan, with your brand, you can pay anybody $2 million. You don't have to make anybody the fourth highest paid coach to do that. $2 million will get that done. Michigan's in a tricky spot because his contract expires after the 21 season. What are you going to do? You're going to commit to that guy? Five more years? 50 more million dollars? I don't know. Michigan has not finished higher than third. Actually, they finished one time. They finished higher than third one time in that in that Big Ten East division. Understand that I said the Big Ten East, which means if they were playing in one entire division, they're not finishing in the top three ever. And that's in the five years that 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 Hardball's been there. They haven't played for a Big Ten title. And like I mentioned at the start of this rant, they lost as a 20-point favorite at home to a team who the week before lost to Rutgers. Fairfield Physical Therapy Center, located in the Fairfield Commons Suite G106, is owned and operated by Justin Solotov, who has 20 years of experience in the field of orthopedic and physical therapy. Call Justin at 973-276-1313 and stop living with pain and discomfort. Epic Car Service is recognized as the number one car service in New York City by medical transportation standards. Located in the Bronx, New York, Epic Car Service will make your commute a safe and comfortable experience. Call Epic at 718-401-3742 or at 844-666-62.
The Sergio Rodriguez Week 9 forecast for our NFL games is brought to you by Stan Sports Center, one of the oldest and most recognized sporting goods stores in New Jersey, located on Washington Street in Hoboken and in Saddlebrook. Stans has been recognized as a historical institution. Call Stans at 201-773-6891 or on their website at stansportctr.com. Week 9 in the NFL. And we start in San Francisco. Green Bay travels to San Francisco. They're a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. It says here the line opened up at three. I'm sure it moved to five and a half because Garoppolo wasn't playing or is not going to play. Green Bay coming off a loss. I'm surprised that total's that high. It's at 50. But I could probably see a lot of points being scored in that game, even on a short even on a short turnaround for Green Bay, especially after the way Rodgers played the other night. Seattle's a three-point favorite at Buffalo. This is, a again, a better's delight. Bet Buffalo. I can tell you this is going to be one of my plays. Seattle cruising, looking good on TV this week. Buffalo won, but barely had to hang on to beat a bad Patriots team. And Seattle's only a three-point favorite. I'm telling you right now, Buffalo's going to be one of the one of the picks this week. Atlanta's a four-point favorite over Denver at home. Expect a lot of points in that game. Tennessee's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Over Chicago, you just don't know what to expect from either team. Tennessee, like I mentioned earlier in the show, is a team that's had a lot of games where they've struggled really to win. Now, they've won them, but it hasn't been convincing. In Chicago, again, you don't know if the defense is going to turn you over and score two touchdowns. They're going to have to do that if they're going to want to if they're going to want to win a game on the road. Minnesota's a four-point favorite versus Detroit, and this could be the start of a handful of wins for Minnesota. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to get into the playoffs, even if they get to that 7-5 and five mark that I mentioned about, or even if they're at 6-6. Six and six, I just don't know if they're going to be able to get in. So th- all these wins might end up hurting them when it comes draft time. Baltimore, here you go. And we spoke about this. Two-and-a-half point favorite at Indianapolis. Colts are going to win this game, folks. Colts are going to win this game. Kansas City is an 11-point favorite at Carolina. It's actually 10.5. At Carolina, another game where you can you can probably expect some points. Carolina had a bad game offensively, and but but you you know the Jets did a couple of things last week that could that could be that the that Carolina could probably exploit a little bit better because they have a lot more talent. Offensively, they also get McCaffrey back, if I'm not mistaken. Houston, seven-point favorite on the road against Jacksonville. I wouldn't lay nothing with Deshaun Watson playing anybody. Washington's a three-point favorite at home against the Giants. Interesting line. What they're telling you is these teams are neutral on a on a, on a neutral court on a neutral field. They're equal. That uh, I mean. The total actually started at 43. It's down to 41 and a half. That could be one of those games where both teams struggle to score. The Chargers are a one and a half point favorite versus Las Vegas. That's an interesting line. You know, Las Vegas is one of those teams that could beat anybody, 
The Raiders, I think, could beat anybody. But sometimes they just look shaky. But I'm shocked that they're a one-and-a-half-point dog, even though they're on the road against a two-win Charger team. Pittsburgh, I was right, 13-and-a-half-point favorite at Dallas. This won't be that close. Uh, I just don't see a way. I mean, maybe if Dalton comes back, the Cowboys did get a little healthier. The offensive line looked a little better, but, I mean, this game has 31-14 written all over it. Arizona's a four-and-a-half-point favorite at uh, at home against Miami. That game opened as a six-point line, and it's down to four-and-a-half. So a lot of money, a lot of early money going Miami's way. Tampa Bay is a five and a half point favorite over New Orleans. And that line went up. It went up a full point since yesterday. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. New Orleans, they just don't have a deep threat. And if Tampa Bay is scoring, I don't know if New Orleans can 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 Kamara everybody every week to death on the perimeter just to get and muster up enough points. And then the the last game here, the Patriots are a seven-point favorite against the Jets. And like I mentioned, this might be the only game that the Jets um that the Jets could win this year. You know, New England, New England, and that just this just shows you how 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 bad the Jets are. New England's a seven-point favorite. New England is a bad football team right now. I mean, they just are a bad football team. Well, that'll wrap it up for another show of the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Thank you for joining us. And remember that the Sergio Rodriguez Show is a show unlike any other.